Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> A podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Everyone get their burps out. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, let's do this, boys. In three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Is It Saturday Yet? The final episode of this season, if you will. You know, we'll still get out. Hopefully, a pot a month is what we're going to aim for. If big stories come up, we'll be all over them as well. But kind of a season recap today. We'll talk about the national championship. We'll also give out some awards this year. The first ever Is It Saturday Yet? awards show to end the season. As always, I'm Luke Owens, joined alongside Big Hoppa, Bryce Hopwood, Fresh Legs, Andrew Diaz. And boys, well... There was a game on Monday. Um, it didn't go well. It was it was Georgia won the game. It was sixty five to seven. Um, is there like a is there like a title to what this game was called? No, I'm just gonna say I'm, that's the only time I'm gonna say a score. It wasn't good. It was ugly. It wasn't fun. And really, the last thing I need right now is like hop victory lapping because to be completely honest, you don't deserve it. I mean. I knew this was going to happen. I, I was like, if TC gets blown out, Hop's going to act like, oh, yeah, look, I told you guys all year. No, we're not doing that game. I'm still giving love to the Horned Frogs. I, it was bad. I, I think it's more a testament to how great Georgia is than TCU's shortcomings. But I'll let you guys talk about that. That's just my – that's my takeaway. Like, Georgia has become it in college football. They have ascended to that level. I don't know if anyone's on their level. I mean, obviously, Ohio State was was close to their level – but, I mean, I think Michigan gets their butt handed to them in this game as well. I just think Georgia was was too good. I I brought it up every time. Like, when we talk about Georgia, they had the scare versus Missouri and Kentucky this year. But it all kind of came back. Brightest lights, best team. And, you know, I was driving around for work today really thinking about tonight's episode and, like, crafting my argument. But it, it's it, – <laughs> it's such BS that like that we are going to get victory lap hop when we've been, I've been right this whole year, except for one time and TCU just gets mauled. And I think any team that stepped on that field with Georgia was going to get mauled. And I, I, I just look at it. It's, I don't even know if it's an sec difference. I think it's just the Georgia difference. That's becoming a powerhouse now. And it's, so disgusting watching them play because they're so good. Um, and again, it came, it didn't even come down to depth. It just came down to, they were the better team and the number one team in the nation. Uh, it, it was a fun year. Luke wrote a great blog about, you know, TCU and them having an awesome year, despite, you know, what transpired in the national championship game. But uh, yeah, just a disappointing night. Uh, and I brought it up to you guys before we recorded I was getting legitimately mad. Anytime Hop would text us in the group chat uh, during that game, uh, it, it was just not a fun night overall because I had the whole the whole season, you know, up at college. I was talking to my friends I'm like this TCU team legit, legit every week getting in their ear and they were getting annoyed. So I did receive multiple texts, not just from Hop that added to my frustration level. It was uh, a lot of what happened. What about like what's going on? So, um, yeah, overall, a disappointing end to a very fun season. Uh, for the Horn Frogs, Hop, uh, to have you, you get your moment. <laughs> I'm not. Excuse me. 
Uh, I'm not going to dance on graves. There's a lot that I'd love to unpack about this game. I'm not going to dance on graves because I'm a good person. You know, Luke, you made me feel really introspective last week. You talked about the story of TCU. You talked about, you know, you would think being such a big college football guy as I am, you know, think about like, you know, I was thinking about the storylines and this, that, and the other. You made me really look inside. And and as much as I'd love to take a victory lap uh, and everything, Diaz, what you just said, I mean, this season was awesome. It was pretty much unlike one we'd ever seen before. Um, I, you could argue some precedent set when it comes to the college football playoff um, and, and the story that was TCU. That was an awesome game. Like I said, there's a ton I'd like to unpack. Wow, are we gonna There's hold hands and sing Kumbaya today? I don't want this. <laughs> we just might, but no, I mean it was what happened is what happened. And I always I always love D Winters after the game for TCU uh when asked, you know, what was Georgia doing? and he, he said nothing special. And I think I think uh people usually get like mad about that when a, a player says that in these types of scenarios, because it's like, they beat you by how many, and they didn't do anything special. And I hate to say it, but Georgia really didn't do anything special. They yeah. leaned on them. They look, uh, they created turnovers. Duggan make two mistakes with the ball. And then they just kept leaning on them. I, I don't think Bonkin gets enough credit as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive mind in college football, as he should, especially like, like I said, you know, thinking about the storylines, you know, during the game and, and how good this Georgia team is to go back to back, thinking about what the Georgia offense has, uh, you know, has done. They've been putting up points along with the defense, you know, obviously the defense is great historical type stuff, but Munkin is an absolute genius, absolute athletes between Bowers. Look, man, Stetson Bennett, I, I'm going to walk back what I said about him and uh, being better than uh, or worse than McCarthy. I think he's better as a collegiate quarterback's concerned. Um, and I think he showed it. I, I really want to d- dive deep into this game. But like I said, I, I don't want to take any victory laps because we knew that Georgia was the, our, the best team all year. And we saw it and it came out and, you know, a little bit of the score reflects Kirby smart that aggression, that pregame interview where he said aggression like four times really seriously, that got the blood going. He wanted there to be no doubt left. He left no doubt. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many things that I'm so excited to get into this um, that that just piled on. I mean, you're talking about an Ohio State team that didn't have a lot of their main, a couple of their main weapons, a handful for sure, against Georgia, lost by one, and then Georgia goes and does this. Like so much during the season, it was it was just incredible. I'm at a loss for words. I've been trying to tell you guys as much as possible how much I enjoyed this year, um, and especially starting this baby up. and And I'm excited for a good show. And I think what's kind of sad to me is reading like the reaction of people, which like, look, TCU obviously got clowned. They're gonna get clowned online. It's just sad because you see people that haven't watched the sport all year that tune in for this game. And I've seen it like I heard a lot of people being like, oh, like I'm going to throw like some money on TCU because like they're the underdog story and this, this. And it's like, you know, they watch the game like, oh, how could anyone watch college football? It's the worst. This is not. It's like it's not the national championship game has not delivered recently. And even like historically, like thinking back, like I remember the year that Notre Dame went undefeated 
And that was actually back when I was a Notre Dame fan with Manti Teo. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a game. And, you know, Alabama stomped them. Like, this is nothing new to college football. We had two of the best semifinals games ever. So to expect there to be a great national championship would have been a lot. And I just think Georgia with their – I mean, Brock Bowers is unfair. Like, it's unfair. They could just dump the ball to him every play and he would get 10 yards. It's not fair. Like, that's what it came down to. I think Ohio State – versus TCU's defense, you the difference was, I mean, I hate to say it, it's just Ohio State had some better athletes. That's kind of how they kept in check Georgia. I mean, Georgia still scored a ton, but I think TCU was lacking that a little bit defensively. So that's what's disappointing for me is that the people that see this game and, and dismiss the entire season when, like, you know, us three guys that just love college football, it's like this was one of the most fun years in recent memories yeah. between not only the playoffs, but just this entire year was just so exciting. One one thing I am, you know, completely – I think it's a lazy argument to make is the best four teams versus, you know, the most deserving four teams I think might be the laziest argument in college sports because if you went by that, what people are pretty much saying is Alabama is historically good. They should have been in over TCU. That's not how this works. And I'm also done with saying that teams are fluke teams because it doesn't matter how bad a loss is. You don't – don't fluke your way, I think, to 11 and 1. And in addition to that, Bama's losses were not fluke losses. This is pretty much just going at Alabama fans that I saw on Twitter because the entire time they're trolling TCU, saying that they would have given a better competition to Georgia. That's probably true, but they shouldn't have lost at that point to LSU or Tennessee this year if they really wanted that opportunity. Yes, you beat a team that TCU lost to this year, but you lost to LSU and Tennessee. At the end of the day, you did not deserve a top 10 spot or a top four spot. And that goes the same last year for Cincinnati. Teams clown Cincinnati for making the playoff and getting beat by Bama. They were one of the four best teams. What, what, what more do you want? They want something to be fixed when their team is not in the playoff. Your team should go undefeated then. If they're that good, they would have went undefeated. And if they were, if they would have given uh, Georgia a better game, they would have beaten Tennessee, a team that Georgia, you know, physically dominated, and a team that in LSU that Georgia outcoached and outathleted. Like it, it's just it's a stupid and lazy argument to make as a fan because you know at the end of the day the the playoff should then just be back to the BCS where it's the two teams that you think are the best and would give the best game. The playoff at that point becomes nothing if your argument if you're arguing straws against that so I, I think that's probably the laziest take that i saw other than uh how can people watch college football it's so boring when you have blowouts like this that was an all-time terrible take from you know blue check marks that crawled out of the woodwork for for games for the national championship game just just re- really really awful yeah i i hated that too people oh how can you watch college football like it's not the best kind of football like dude you're watching the you're watching the future. Like if you're an NFL fan, I don't get like I don't get why you wouldn't enjoy college football when sometimes the defense is a little bit lacking and you're watching, especially like guys on offense. If you like points, then you should love college football. Even yeah. defensive dudes still, you know, Will Anderson can single-handedly take a game over. There's guys that are locked down in corners that are gonna play at the next level that are the future. You're watching it, you know, the Sertans of the world. Guys like that um, who just can flip a game on its head and, and make the game really fun. But that, that irks me there. Um, as far as, as everything else, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of push and give. And that's what 
I heard I heard the similar uh, sentiment from my buddies. You know, like, wow, I can't believe TCU got blown out. Like, whatever. It's like, I was just like, hey, they deserve to be there. They won the ball games, and you know, that's that. It's basic. This was kind of like it was kind of like a me versus myself moment. Like I said with the introspection, like, hey, you know what, TCU Diaz, you're right. They made the plays when they had to. That makes them a good team. Sure, some of the bounces that kind of stuff, you're going to need some of those during the season. And, and I think that's, I think that's what you saw with the difference a little bit was maybe the, the talent level each team has played. And I think Georgia's far and away better than anybody else. The, there's 130 other FBS teams. I think they beat most of those teams in the national championship game by 20 plus points. Doesn't really matter who you are. Um, but yeah, let's be honest, Georgia- day, TCU deserved to be there. Well, I was just gonna say Georgia didn't have to score sixty-five. Like if this was another game, they're not scoring sixty-five. Yeah, Clearly, it was a statement. I yeah, I don't yeah exactly. I, I don't. I I don't blame Kirby Smart for doing that. You want to establish dominance, like pour it on. They they should have went for seventy. If you if you, I'm being completely honest, they they should have went for the. Well, I mean, they hit the jugular. They should have really just went to for the full decapitation of TCU and, and really poured it on it's the national championship game no matter what i don't love the i I, sportsmanship's fine but on the biggest stage you should prove you know why you're the best team and just go for the jugular absolutely this was uh and i know david pollock kind of said it right to the saban's face that was a hilarious clip but that was crazy i know crazy it it was uh it was going in his bag but um as the kids say but yeah, I mean, you know what? He wanted to step up. He wanted to show recruits, like, hey, you want to win Natty? You want to absolutely dominate? You want to eat chicken wings on the sideline during the national championship because you're absolutely destroying people? Come to Georgia. Come to Athens. That's where it's going to happen. So it was It was just an incredible showing. And, and like I said, at the end of the day, TCU deserved to be there. The, the um, bounces that they had go their way during the season were the bounces. They made the plays when they had to. They ran into a buzzsaw, and, and you know what? That does happen. Um, but, yeah, at, at the end of the day, Alabama did not deserve to be better. I don't care what you say uh, in the playoff over them. So it, it was a great season. But one thing, you know, transitioning into the actual game, I kind of brought this up pre-show. What is TCU doing? Why do they have more rush attempts in the game than pass attempts? I mean, Doug, Duggan, I want to I read this stat. Um and it's going to probably upset Diaz. So Diaz, just sit tight. I'm going to read you two players, player A and player B. Player A, 28 for 51, 377 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Player B, 18 of 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns. Who's player A? Who's player B? I'm taking player A all day. I mean. Okay, so that would be that would be Player A has guts. That's what you're not – your player A has guts. Player A was Max Duggan in the college football playoffs, man. Look, at the end of the day, like I said, uh, for the semifinal game, he struggled against uh, Michigan. He really did throwing the ball. He struggled early against Georgia. It kind of came back, but at the end of the day, they were. They, it was like they weren't even trying to get back into the ball game. They threw 23 times in total, uh, 28 rushes. So I don't know what's it if maybe Sonny Dykes just wanted to get it over with or what, but 
once it started to get out of hand. But yeah, that, that just blew my mind. And you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, you know, give the business to Duggan because he's really struggled in the playoffs again, even against Michigan, you know, that, that game's totally different. If, if those two interceptions McCarthy threw don't go for six. Did you consider that um, Michigan had a, a felon playing in the game? Was that no. consideration as well? You got me with that one. No, I did not consider you that exact against passing you, statistics. Look, stat nerd over here. You can list all the numbers you want. You didn't list any intangibles. That's Diaz, I'm sorry. Diaz has a, a tissue stuffed up his <laughs> nose right now, and it's it's making you kind of sound like a nerd. It's it's just funny to hear. Like I'll bleed every I'll bleed, stat, on too. I'll bleed everywhere. This nerd. is fine. I'll bleed. That's intangibles. That's intangibles bleeding during a podcast. I I will say this. I Hop kind of touched on that. I'm, I'll give some credit to Stetson Bennett. I tried to do it last week, and you know, you guys kind of jumped on me. But like, and there are a lot of funny points about him. But like, in terms of college quarterbacks, I mean, <clears throat> he had a great career. Back to back natties, a man amongst boys, as everyone's thinking me. It's like, all right, we get it. He's old. We get I like it. That. Um, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> But he had he had a great game. I mean, he ran the ball well when he had to. So I, I'm I'm gonna shout out Stetson Bennett just because I feel like he's getting a lot of hate right now, which is like whatever. I get it. You know, he's older than everyone else. Blah blah blah. But I mean, at the end of the day, he he won two national championships. He's gonna be a hero in Georgia. I mean, this is a team that couldn't get over the hump since the 1980s, and he brought them two national championships. So like, I mean, say what you want about him. I mean, Tim Tebow did you know similar things at Florida, and then wasn't good in the NFL. So. I mean, I don't think it takes away what he was as a college player. I think Mad Dog Russo speaks for all of America except for Luke when he went on his rant about uh, not liking Bennett for being as old. I mean, look, congrats to Stetson Bennett. One, two natties. He's now going to be probably, uh, you know, manager of the year in Fulton County at all the Chick-fil-A's. Like, that's, you know, that's not shabby. People make careers out of that. That's the backbone of America. And I'm happy for him that he's going to be moving on to bigger and better things. Because, look, he could either choose to work on Sundays and play in the NFL, which probably won't happen, or have Sundays off and work at Chick-fil-A. So I, I think he really hit, you know, two natties, stay in Georgia, you know, kind of rock. It's going to be his version of wearing his letterman around town where he'll wear his, uh, his uh, national championship rings. And, look, he'll always have that. And he'll always so have his mean. face so for a salty. year. He could have his face put up in every Chick-fil-A in Fulton County. And that's, you know, you can hang your hat on that. You're so, you're so salty. Oh my God. You're so you. salty. People are going to start calling you prosciutto because you're so salty. So that's a better than alopecia, right? I, I can, I can hate him. No, he, he doesn't. He has not, he has a nice head of hair. Um, But yeah, I, I, whatever. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to gush on and on about him, but I, I, Whatever. I won't try. I mean, but made, um, I mean, he made the throws. Like I said, between him, I mean, I know, I know the everybody was like taking the McConkey touchdown is like, who who else is making this throw? And it was just like, everybody was yeah. like, me, I will. And it's just like, okay, sure, but you, go do it in the natty. The, like, there were better examples to use of like good steps and yes. the, the lad McConkey being. Lad McConkey could literally like read the Bible in the end zone before the next TCU defender got to him. It I just mean, it, it, honestly, it, it felt like TCU just didn't want to tackle Georgia, which like, I understand. Like no one really wants to tackle Brock Bowers, but like, do you want to tackle a Darius Washington? I mean, no, no. Like it felt like every play Georgia ran was a guaranteed ten yards. It was I've I've 
I mean, I've seen it, but it's like when George is playing against like Sanford, not against TCU in the national championship, oh. you know? So I, oh, I mean, <laughs> I had that one penciled in as a loss, actually. I didn't think that was going to happen. The one thing I, that I do want to ask you guys about this Georgia team is because I feel like Alabama and, you know, Diaz kind of articulated it. Everyone hates Alabama. Everyone hates their fans. You know, Nick Saban, all this. Georgia is interesting. They won back-to-back national championships. They're a new standard. Kirby Smart seems like – it seems like people like him. Like He gives the hype-up speeches that Nick Saban doesn't really do. He – you know, you, you had the audio of him in the locker room before. You have his players eating chicken wings in the locker room. I guess my question would be, you know, how long before people turn on Georgia? Maybe they've turned already and I don't know it, but, you know, for how long can, can people – yeah. see them as a, a likable team it is, as the, as the kids now. say this is the start of the villain era for georgia they are the new they are the new and excuse me for the pun top dog oh not aga though he's not allowed to travel <laughs> yes yeah, true well not too far you can, you can go so far i, I think it's like like uh, hop said it's right now everybody turning on them yeah and, especially and- after the six and six seven and five clubs. You want to get into this? That they I know you yeah, know. let's talk about that. Who looked at their record and, and their schedule, saw Vanderbilt, Samford, Kentucky, Mississippi State, South Carolina. Georgia Who Tech. looked at that and said, yeah, man, I don't, you know, that Georgia team, look, they got lucky. They are definitely not going to win. City Bowl, if we're lucky. Who, like, who actually in there? Nobody, either A, they either just trick themselves into thinking that, or B, Kirby is the greatest motivator to ever walk the planet and was able to convince these kids that that was going to happen. Literally nobody thought, everybody thought, yeah, they'll probably make the SEC championship and go, I don't know, may, they may lose to Bama or LSU or AM, they may lose those games. So everybody had them penciled in maybe around between 10 and 2 and undefeated. No one looked at the schedule this year and said, Yeah, yeah, mm, Vanderbilt's real tough. You know, uh Kent State, I don't know. That Kent State team's pretty scrappy. I don't think they go with I think they may they go into Athens and beat Georgia, the defending national champs, with the best defensive lineman in the nation and the second best tight end in the country and five-star athletes deep at every position. Nobody thought that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, what, so you just brought up the Bible and Lad McConkey in the end zone. It, what's the, the quote is uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was uh, uh, what is it? Was convincing people he didn't exist. I believe that's the quote. Kirby Smart, the best trick he ever pulled was making George's group of five stars back reigning national championship roster who brought a lot of talent back that they were going to go six and six. It's wild. It's wild. The thing about like Georgia becoming annoying is it's the same with every SEC fan base, to be completely honest. They just they have the worst look of any fans, just the SEC fans in general, like Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina. Like they throw on the polo shirts and the and the khakis and the, the stupid vibe. Like they look shoes. stupid. They're not going to game like that's not game day. Like game day is not a polo shirt, but it's like it's how Liam probably dresses when he goes to the South Carolina. <laughs> 
like he's got the hair he's got the south carolina polo he's got the boat shoes on it's just it's not true you know like the big 10 man they get after you know they've got the overalls the no shirt you know the northeast same thing but it's 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 the fans it's the look of the fans it's how they act online that's that's what pisses me off about, about the sec what what do you consider worse the prep kids like Liam that show up to the games, like you said, in their boat shoes, their five inch inseam shorts, or is it the the inbred hicks that also attend the games? Which, which oh yeah, it is like a, a collision of worlds. Yeah, it's it's all one big family tree down there of like Bama, Tennessee. The Vanderbilt's a little more nuanced. They're the Harvard of the SEC, so they they do get a pass, I think, in this respect. Um, a because they're not good at football, and B their fan base just isn't like that. But when you look at a Bama crowd or a Tennessee crowd, those are the ugliest pe- people you could ever lay eyes on. It, it is a rough scene to look at. I, I think I. That. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think I I I like the the Hicks if you will the local townies a little bit more because like. At least they get dressed up. They'll face paint. They'll throw the shoulder pads, like the dude with the shoulder pads and like the blacked out visor for Georgia. Yeah. Like I respect those people more than I respect the uh, the Liam Smiths of the world. If we're using that analogy, I love that there. It's just three Union boys against the whole Confederate South right now. Yeah, it's a risky it's, play. Yeah, this is this is a good way to cut out half of an audience. Oh, uh, yeah, but I mean, look, Georgia's the best of the best. There's not much more you can say. Great season from TCU and. Like I said, it was a great year. We'll talk about it now. We'll, we'll dive into our uh, Student Union Sports presents the uh, Is It Saturday Yet Award Ceremony. We've got some awards to hand out. Because um, this year was awesome. Like, it was really fun that this was the first year that we did our show. There were so many teams that were surprising, so many teams that were disappointing. Um, I mean, Diaz, who would have thought UConn would make a bowl game? You know, mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about that later. That was insane. Like, th- these things have happened. Um, so we'll start with this. We'll start with the mi- most disappointing team of the season. And I, this might be a consensus pick. Uh, I'll give mine first, and then we'll go down the line. This might be consensus. I'm going with Texas A&M. Not really a hot hot take pick here. But, you know, they were ranked sixth to start the season. They lose to App State in week two. They at one point lost six straight SEC games. And I feel like we're going to be gaslit into them next year because they beat LSU to end the season. But – all the five-star recruits in the world, all the hype, Jimbo Fisher, and then Texas A&M falls flat on its face. So I am handing out my most disappointing team award to Texas A&M, their cult fan base, which we talked about throughout the year. Talk about weird SEC fans. Texas A&M starts there. So very disappointing season for, for A&M. I'm, so I, I was going to agree with that pick, but I also considered – they don't have really anything to show for other than a few wins against Bama the past few years. So obviously they were disappointing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you bring in a bunch of five stars and you think you're going to have a real good class and it just all falls apart. But year after year, they kind of fall in the disappointing category. Um, I also, I considered Penn state for this off the fact that they're so good every year but they just can't win the big game that actually matters, which is beating a either Michigan or B Ohio state. But I'm going with ultimately Baylor, I think was a team that everybody had around their top six. I think they were the the pick to win the big 12 this year. And Dave Aranda's team fell flat and went six and six. I mean, just 
a kind of a, a pathetic year for them when the Big 12 was, you know, really at their highest. Um, you had K-State and TCU, the, probably two of the last teams you thought would be uh, carrying the torch for them. I thought Baylor was going to be the, the head of the pack. So uh, I'm going to put Dave Aranda's Baylor Bears as my uh, most disappointing team this year. Wow, I'm surprised that wasn't a consensus pick. As you mentioned, uh, Luke, there's a ton of uh, – for Texas A&M, start of the season, the preseason ranking six, um, and they just never, all the transfers, you know, the NIL stuff, this, that, and the other, um, I can't believe that they didn't perform as they should have um, all year. It was just, it was incredible, especially with NFL talent everywhere, littered. Um, I respect the Baylor pick, Diaz. I actually I really like that pick. But at the end of the day, I had to go with the highest ranked team that at least in the preseason had some of the most time and, and just absolutely fell flat on their face. Also have to be disappointed in the Pitt Panthers who didn't make the playoff mm-hmm. after being predicted to make it. So that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> what was it? Desmond Howard that did that? Yes. All, it was, all time. Des had Pitt, Michigan. A&M. A&M and Baylor, was it? Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. he picked – the the three disappointing teams. I but like the thing with Pitt is I don't even know how you make that pick when they no. lost Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, two of the top ten players in college football last year. Like how how does that pick come to your mind the the year after they lose two of the best college football players of of that season? And to end up Another. with nine wins, which like their fan base is signing up for every day of the week. Yeah. Another uh, honorable mention too would be Oklahoma. They they were started. Yeah, in they were ninth. No, they're six and six. Wow, maybe the Big Twelve isn't that good at football. Okay, so, I mean, why? it was bound why? to happen. Look, why are we doing? <laughs> why? Why do you have to do this? Like we were fine. We were we were doing fine. Also, honorable mention Nebraska. They just every year they're disappointing. So four and eight this year. That's uh, tough. Uh-huh. I've never seen a team get so close to a national championship b- before August 1st and then always end up so far. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, let's talk about the most surprising team. Let's start with uh, Diaz for this one. Who was your uh, most surprising team in college football this year? I, I thought TCU was going to be as good as they were this year. I definitely predicted that. Um, no, I, I'm going with uh, – there There were a couple of teams I could have picked. Uh, I, I considered um, – Syracuse a little bit, but they fell apart at the end hey. of the year, which I think it, it, it was a, a epic collapse at the end of the year for them. Epic uh, is strong. Minorly <laughs> epic. Um, but I, I'm going with UConn as my surprise team of the year. Uh, came out, beat Fresno State. Uh, they beat Liberty. How'd they play against Syracuse? They beat Central Connecticut State. Look, this team has – had a good year. Um, made a bowl game for the first time in, I believe, seven or eight years. Uh, ran into a good Marshall team. You you kind of knew they were going to get one of those eight and four uh, G5 schools, and they ran into the team that just happened to beat Notre Dame. So, it, I mean, that Marshall team was good, but six and seven, good year. Himora establishes himself as the, the coach of the future at UConn. And, you know, I'm looking – Possibly in four season next year for UConn. Uh, I think they're going down to – they may be playing Georgia next year. I might be wrong. 
but I look, I'm penciling that one in as a win for UConn. Well, I mean, based off of Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart has that down as a 20 point loss, I would bet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Georgia's going six and six next year. I Georgia does that not up. play UConn next year. They, who, I, I think they have like a, uh, not a home and home, but down the line, I mean, 2027, then it's something weird, but. Um, I'm going to take the floor here. I'm going to, I think that was a really good pick. I think the obvious pick surprise. This one wasn't consensus. Also Tulane, the green wave, uh, roll wave. I love, that. I love that. I love seeing. Yeah, I know. It's all, dude, it's sick. Mm-hmm. That's a sick thing to like have, uh, way better than the ugly toad oh. thing. Um, the green wave, Willie Fritz, Pratt, Spears, Deuce Watts. Uh, the defense showed up when it had to. Uh, I loved. I loved what Tulane brought to the table. I mean, obviously, a huge win over USC. First, like bowl. Um, uh, what do you want to say? Bowl New York Six Bowl. Is that what it technically counts? Yeah. Uh, win in like since like 1952. Um, over the Heisman winner. Just an incredible season. Definitely. They they. I was kind of thinking about it. Like they had some hype last year. They go from two in the rest to a 12 win season. I mean, you, you can't, you can't get more surprising or better than that, bud. No, you can't. That was a great year for Tulane. I I, I was like Tulane TC, like they, they were all in my head, but I want to kind of go a little bit, not outside the box, but team I, I'm going to give my most surprising team to is Florida state. Like they're a team that's been clowned pretty heavily over the past few years, rightfully so they have not been good, but they put together a really good season. They won 10 games. They ended their season on a six-game win streak, and they've got a good squad coming back. I mean, Jordan Travis showed me a lot this year, honestly. I thought he was legs only, showed me a lot with the arm this year. They're going to be a good team next year, and Jared Verse is coming back. I think Pittman's brother has eligibility still, and I think he's coming back. I haven't seen that for sure, so don't quote me, but uh, Johnny Wilson too. Jared Verse was supposed to be a first-round defensive end. He's going to stay at Florida State. Like This team is going to be really good next year, you hope. I mean, obviously – Whatever those expectations, that seems to be when they fall short. But, I mean, considering how, like, Norvell was clowned so heavily when he got here, did a pretty good job last year. I mean, this is a 10-win team. Their only losses were to, to ranked opponents. So, Florida State with a, a very surprising season. I'm hoping between now and uh, now and August uh, uh, we get to hype them up a little bit because I think they're going to be really good. And I, Jordan Travis ended the season as the highest-ranked uh, quarterback for uh, – PFF, which you know, some people will. They also ranked Alabama. Back into that in some way. Which well, we'll get to our best yeah, team in the world, but we disagree with Pro Football Focus. Uh, and this is a fun one, boys. This is a fun one. We've got to get a. You know, it's been a long year. We've had a lot of takes. We've said a lot of things. It's our official apology. I'm going to start with Hop, and I'm going to give him the 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 chance to apologize to TCU here. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. How would you expect me to issue an apology to a team that I knew was a fraud all year and then got dusted in the natty by 50-plus points? Does a fraud make the national championship game? That, that, that we This just, one did. Just, you agreed with me not 25 minutes ago that this that this was not a fluke or fraud thing. That I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to give hot material, but TCU horned frauds would have been pretty funny. Oh dang it! Oh, I really missed that one. I really missed the boat. No, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't in good faith, in faith do that. Look, my apology 
is going to come to Graham Mertz. Graham, I hope you succeed in the SEC. There was a lot of talk about how I might have seemed ungrateful um, towards you and your time at Wisconsin. And you know what? That game against Illinois, when you got on campus and threw five touchdowns in a COVID year, it was it was incredible. The highs and the lows, I will never forget. You're Graham Mertz. You were the chosen, chosen with a five instead of an S. You were the chosen one. Look, go be great somewhere else. I apologize, Graham. I wish you the best of luck. I truly do in my heart of hearts. Very touching. Very touching. Diaz, are you satisfied with his uh... – I guess. I mean – that we didn't hear too much Graham Mertz bashing on the pod this year. Yeah, so it was I sad. Think, I don't think he was even mentioned that much. But Hop was Hop was staring at a wall, screaming at Graham Mertz. <laughs> I mean, TCU was the obvious apology. Hop was but, going door to door. He told us he was soliciting for his business, but he was just screaming at people about Graham Mertz. Uh, I might have uh, I have a criminal record now. <laughs> I might have an apology that is worse than Hop's. I'm going to apologize to Bo Nix once again. I'm once again no, coming you, to you guys why? Why to apologize to the great Bo Nix. Because Bo Nix showed us something this year. I mean, he showed flashes. So how to lose the year. Heisman race in one week. He mm-hmm. was anointed the chosen one. He was anointed at Auburn. He flops. He comes to Oregon. He reinvents himself. And now I'll tell you what. He is climbing up my draft board for next year. So I'd like to apologize to Bo Nix, I was I was unfamiliar with your game, but now that I am familiar, I'm I'm all in on Bo Nix for next year. I need you guys to hold me accountable because I'm going to get mad at him. But you know what? I'm I'm all in on Bo Nix. I'm I'm he's back in my good graces. Nick, you you missed one there. Next season, yeah, next season. I look as a podcast. I know we swore him off. I unswore him off and now I'm I'm all in on Bo Nick. So you guys can either jump on or you can stay haters, but I've seen the light. I have seen the light. It was my come to Jesus moment with Bo Nix and I'm here to stay. Are you gonna bet on him at some point next year? Yeah, you know what? Week one next year, give me Oregon and the points. I don't know who they're playing. Give me Oregon and the points. It's great. They're probably playing like Eastern Washington. Yeah, that's a good point. That doesn't really yeah, that's not great. Uh they're playing Portland State. So, um, okay, you know what? Week two, they play at Texas Tech. I will take Oregon in the points in that game. You're welcome. I'll hold you to that. We're gonna hold me to it. Hold me to it. I'm all in. I might put a future on them to make the – well, to make the playoff is going to be actually not that difficult, to be honest. 12 teams, but, yeah. Shout out, Bo Nix. Pac-12 is pretty bad. I don't have an apology. This year. I like, I There's no – like, I didn't – I don't know what I could apologize to. If anything, Maybe. apologize to me. Why? I know who you should apologize to, Tommy DeVito, on behalf of Luke. <laughs> I should apologize. Oh, that would have been a good one. That was a um, good one. I guess maybe Josh Dobbs, but he went 0-2. That's true. Stuff. You should actually apologize to him because you're really mean to him. But he's still bald. Like, I still don't like him. I, it's <laughs> I, I get – I don't know. I hmm. I think it's. I think he might be a bad person. There's, I, yeah, I guess. I, I don't have any apology to give out this year. I, I guess Josh Dobbs. I apologize for going so harsh at you. No, I still don't. So like you him. are the uh, 
I'd like to apologize for absolutely nothing. That is no, because it's not even that intense. Conor just, McGregor, he big timed us. It, it's not even that intense because I I think that you know none of my apologies would be very warranted. I don't actually feel like I should apologize like hop to Graham Mertz because that that's a real heartfelt apology um about Graham Mertz. So uh, yeah, I don't have anybody to apologize to. I guess if All I right. had to get anybody, it would be Josh Dobbs. All right, well, Josh Dobbs, I'm not even going to accept that apology, to be honest. But, you know, all right, we'll give you this, Diaz. Why don't you start us off with this next award, the Swag God of the Year Award, the guys that have the swag. Maybe they have the game to back it up. Maybe they don't. But who is your Swag God of the Year for the college football season? So to make up for my apology, I have two for the Swag God of the Year. I have a coach uh, and a player. Um, Coach Marcus Freeman. Real, real drip king brings it every game and it's subtle. He doesn't have to be like Lane Kiffin with, uh, you know, sunglasses and an earring, even though I do like Lane Kiffin. Marcus Freeman's just got the subtle drip with the, the quarter zip pullover. He's a handsome and, uh, man. Nice dress pants. He just looks, he looks good. He's a handsome guy on the sideline with good drip. My other one is TCU middle linebacker Johnny Hodges. Originally was at Navy um, as a lacrosse player, transferred to TCU, and he rocks turf tape, black turf tape, no gloves, wrist braces, and a neck roll. This this is – I've created him in Madden before. I have 100% created him in Madden before. Um, so, yeah, Johnny Hodges has that on-field drip. Freeman has the drip on the sideline. Those are my two uh, – Drip Kings are swag gods of the year. Those are my two picks. I'm going to get a little sentimental again. Uh, Graham Mertz, congratulations. Swag god of the year. No. Wow, you really really diminished what I'm about to say. I think uh, in memory of Coach Mike Leach, I think we have to go with Coach Mike Leach. The state sweatshirt, just state, is an all-time classic. With the you know Mississippi State going with the pirate flag, the pirate memes, that kind of stuff, it's got to be Coach State sweatshirt is an absolute iconic sweatshirt. Well, Hop, it's hard to follow that up, but my nominee for the swag guy of the year is Parker Titsworth, offensive lineman from Ohio, oh. number sixty nine. He's got the number, he's got the name, he's got the flow. I mean, this is a dude that. Really made a name for himself. Like when he came into Ohio, I think he was number fifty-one. He was kind of a little chubby. There was, you know, there wasn't a lot to him, but he really bulked up, got the hair going, changed his number to sixty-nine. So Parker Titsworth's my swag guy of the year, and I, I, I like hard that. to follow up Mike Leach, but Parker Titsworth is a guy that Mike Leach would have loved. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah, that uh, we also have the award for the best team of the year. And I think nominees, this deserves like a little bit of a drum drum roll. Some drum yeah, well, we have to get we have to give the nominees first. The nominees for the best team of the year, per is it Saturday yet? We have Tulane. Shout out the Green Waves. They made the top three. DCU and Georgia. Drum roll, please, boys. The winner of the best team, according to is it Saturday yet? The Georgia Bulldogs. Do you 
Congratulations on being named the best team of the college football season. Hard to argue. Hard to argue with 15 and 0 and 65 points in the national championship game. They were they were made it pretty easy on us this year. But I mean, some late action, you know, TCU, the way they played all year, Tulane, like I said earlier with Willie Fritz, the way that they played moving the ball, it was tough. But at the end of the day, we we had to go Georgia, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. They were actually also my award winner for the award that got cut. The team most likely to go seven and five this year. That was they also won my award for that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's really difficult to argue them as uh, the best team in the country. I mean, look what they did this year. I mean, great, good for them, good for them. I really I thought Tulane definitely. I think they got some votes from our committee uh, along with TCU, but really seemed like the the committee was uh, favoring Georgia, which I'm fine with. I voted for them. Do you guys vote for them? I did. I did, yeah. Yeah, big of me. Uh, I'm going to let Hop announce the winner of this next award. is the straightest kick of the year. Our nominees, Ohio State's Noah Ruggles and Mass Maritime's very own Michael Epifano. Bryce, I'm going to give you the honor of an- announcing the winner of the straightest kick of the year. Look, this one is tough. Um, obviously, we said it last week that Noah Ruggles would have been right down the middle had the uprights been 15 yards to the left. Um, so that was tough. Uh, also tough for our boy Mike Epifano, a.k.a. Meteor Mike. Um, unfortunately, with the Mass Maritime games, as some may know, you can't really see what's going on in the game. The camera is somewhere in the parking lot. So we didn't actually really have the tape on them. So shout out to our winner of the straightest kick of the year, Noah Ruggles, Ohio State. Congrats. Yes. Great. It was a great kick, Noah. It was very straight. Maybe next time you line it up in the middle hash, but that was that was very good. Very good of Noah Ruggles. Um, I have one last award to give out here. You know, we've we've given a lot of awards today. Uh, it is the award for the loser of the 2011 Rose Bowl Award. Drum roll, please. You're an asshole. It's the Wisconsin Badgers person. for losing to TCU in the 2011 Rose Bowl. Congratulations, Hop. How would you like to? Would you like to accept this award on behalf of the Badgers? Actually, wow, that's crazy. I also brought my own award, and it the award is team that lost to the Wisconsin Badgers in the first round of the NCAA volleyball regionals this year. Which happens to be the TCU Horned Frogs. That's nuts. Got swept three nothing. Congrats to the Toads. Um, oh, no. I, I I brought my own award as well. Um, oh no! I brought <laughs> I brought loser of the 2020, 2013, 2012 uh, Rose Bowl. That is also the Wisconsin Badgers. They lost. Wow! Well. They're racking up awards. They're cleaning yeah, house hey, tonight. Good for them. They're they're they they show up in the big games. I'll tell you that. Even have Dude, a imagine being that. a fucking UConn fan. That's cool. <laughs> oh man, it, it wouldn't be. Uh, we both made a bowl game this year. It wouldn't be an episode of Is It Saturday without uh, ending it that way and, and talking about uh, the the Rose Bowls for Wisconsin that were so constantly brought up. But uh, I gotta say, boys, it's been so fun this year uh, with you two guys. I know we, you know we started without Hop and. It was great, but you know, me and Diaz both agreed. Without Hop, it's just not—it's not the same show. There's not the same amount of uh, of ball busting, of 
uh, going back and forth. I mean, hop is the the straw that serves the drink, if you will. Don't let that get to your head. But it was a, a great year with you guys, and I, I can't wait to run it back. I'm very excited for some content. I got some ideas, so we're going to work them into the system here. Um, and like you said, hopefully it'll be about one a month. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for, for getting everything started and allowing me back into the fold. And Diaz, oh, look, man, I'm coming for that ring next year. I'm coming for that gambling ring. So keep your head on a swivel, my boy. See about that. But, uh, yeah, great year. I had a blast doing this. Um and you know we'll be we'll be around throughout the year. You won't you won't fully get rid of us uh, during the off season. So we will be around. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Visit Saturday. This season of Visit Saturday. That doesn't mean season two won't be dropping soon. We'll be back within the next month. And if something big happens, even before then, I'm Luke Owens, Bryce Hopwood, Andrew Diaz. Thanks, of course, to Liam Smith behind the scenes. This is Visit Saturday yet, presented by Student Union Sports, and we'll see you guys soon. Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) A podcast presented by Student Union Sports.